Hey, welcome to the Eddie Hyde Podcast. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Uh, I'm, we're continuing our series that I'm calling Did Jesus Claim to Be God? And um, this is actually right out of my latest book, Discovering the Real Jesus, Chapter 9. And the, the title of that chapter is Did Jesus Claim to Be God? Now, we are sharing how Jesus claimed to be God with both implicit and explicit claims. Now, in the last uh, couple of days, we've talked about how Jesus made implicit claims to being God by forgiving people's sins, something that only God can do. But Jesus went around saying to people, your sins are forgiven you. And uh, boy, we gave some very powerful examples of this in the previous episodes. I hope you, if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to those over the last the last three days, especially wow. where we've been talking about this topic. Now, yesterday we were talking about how Jesus accepted worship. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. How Jesus accepted worship, worship which is only for God. But Jesus accepted people's worship. We gave the example of his disciples after, after Peter walked on the water, almost drowned because he got his eyes off Jesus, but Jesus saved him, lifted him up, and they both walked on the water back to the boat. And those in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, there is another example of Jesus there. You know, there there are numbers of examples of Jesus accepting worship. So we, we're, we're not going to go through all of them, but I do want to, to mention one more, and it's found in Matthew chapter 15, uh, verses 23 through 28. And Matthew tells about Jesus going into the area of Tyre and Sidon, which is the very northern borders of Israel. And, uh, and actually, those were, were Gentile cities, uh, Tyre and Sidon. And Matthew says that uh, he was in a house and a Canaanite woman came uh, seeking him out. Now, here is a woman. She has, she has, she's not a Jew. She has no covenant with God. She is an outsider. She has no promises to stand on. Uh, but she has heard about Jesus. And she apparently believes that he is the Messiah because he has, she calls him son of David. And she asks him to have mercy on her little daughter, whom she's, uh, I think she describes her as being demon-possessed. She's obviously uh, has, has some real problems. And uh, at first, Jesus ignores her and doesn't respond to her. Now, nobody likes to be ignored, and so she could have gotten in a huff and angry and, and, and left, but she didn't. Apparently, she went to his disciples, asking them for help, and they came to Jesus and asked him to send her away, get rid of this woman. She is bothering us. And so finally, she comes back to Jesus again, and, and Jesus said, says to her what on the surface sounds like a rebuke. Or sounds like an, an insult. And he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. Now, he, there, he could have just used the word for dog, but he used the term 
a little dog. And I believe what Jesus was doing, he was giving this woman an opening for not giving up, for not turning back, but continuing to press in. And sometimes, my friends, we we run into obstacles. We run into things that maybe we don't understand. But we need to press on and press through in faith. So when Jesus said it's not right to take the children's bread, now he's just referring to the fact that this woman has no promises. She is not a Jew. Uh, she's not a part of God's covenant people. The promises do not belong to her. But Jesus is giving her an opportunity. And Jesus himself said, uh, was it on this occasion? Uh, yeah, I think it was this occasion. He said, I am not sent, but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So in his three years, three and a half years of earthly ministry, his ministry was focused on calling the Jewish people, God's covenant people, back to himself. And this is how he expressed it. I am sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They, they, they belonged to God. They had a covenant with God, but they weren't living in that covenant. They had turned away from him. They were pursuing their own personal goals and agendas. That's just like many Christians today. And so then Jesus says it's not right to take the, the children and cast it to the little dogs. And so here's the picture. Now, if he'd just used the word dog, he, 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 the picture would have been these scavenger dogs who lived out, you know, outdoors and just went around looking for food and scavenging for food wherever they could find it. But when he used the word little dog, he's referring to the little pet dogs that lived in the house with the family, with the children. And at mealtime, they would sit around the table. <laughs> Waiting for the the you know the the children you know they they had they didn't have family planning and so they were large families so there'd be a lot of small children around the table and children can be very messy eating and and there'd be scraps of food falling to the floor and maybe they would throw some down there on purpose but the little dogs are sitting around the table grabbing the food that's falling from the table. And so Jesus says it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So when, when he used the word little dogs, presented a picture for this Canaanite woman. And she grabbed it and she responded. And she said, yes, Lord. That is true. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. However, Lord, the little dogs do eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. <laughs> she reasoned with God. She 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 didn't get in a huff and get angry, but she took what he she said, what he said, and came back with a reasonable statement and argument. Yeah, Lord, I agree with you. It wouldn't be right to take the children's bread and throw it to to the little dogs. However, you know that the little dogs they eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, all. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you have desired. 
and and her daughter was healed that very same hour. But but I need to back up just before this final conversation. When when Jesus had ignored her, and uh, and when the disciples had came and said send her away, and then she had come back to Jesus again, and he said I'm not sent but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It was at this point that she came and she worshipped him. All my friends, you find your prayers haven't been answered? Why don't you just fall down and begin to worship him for who he is? In prayer, we're focused on our needs. In praise, we're focused on our blessings. But in worship, we're focused on him and him alone, who he is. She came and she worshiped him. That was the beginning of her breakthrough. And Jesus accepted her worship. Wow. Another implicit claim to him being the son of God. And in closing, I'll just throw out another one. After his resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and one of the the 11, now there's 11 now, there were 12 before, but Judas is gone. By the name of Thomas, he was not with them when Jesus appeared. And they told him, they were excited, and they told him, hey, Jesus is alive. Thomas said, I don't believe it. Unless I can see the, the prints or the holes in his hands and put my hand in his side where that fear spear was thrust, I will not believe. Well. Later, Jesus appeared. Thomas was there. He knew what Thomas had said. And he knows what you have said in secret. And he turned to him and said, Thomas, come here. Put your hands in these holes in my hands. Put your, put your fingers in the no, these, put your fingers in the holes in my hands. Put your hand in the side and don't be faithless but believing. Thomas, of course, is overwhelmed with awe. And he says, my Lord and my God, you worshiped him. Now, if Jesus was not God, that would have been a good place. <laughs> it would have been a good time to say, oh, no, no, don't say that about me. But no, Jesus accepted his declaration, my Lord, my God, and accepted his worship. All my friends, did Jesus claim to be God? Oh, yes, he did. We've only looked at the implicit claims. Beginning tomorrow, we're going to be looking at the explicit claims. I mean, the very clear claims. For Jesus identified himself with the God, with the creator of the God of the Old Testament. As I said, beginning of this series, this is why he was crucified. For anything he did, but for who he claimed to be for the sin of blasphemy. Claiming to be good. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You are the promised Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. You are God incarnate. And we thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to come to know you. And we thank you for the wonderful salvation you have purchased for us by your own blood by your own life. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm Eddie Hyatt. 
what I've been sharing with you is from chapter nine of my new book, Discovering the Real Jesus, available available from Amazon and from uh, our website at eddiehyatt.com. And there are links to it here on, on my uh, Podbean page where you can uh, click on it and you can read more about it and also purchase it if you so desire. I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And if you have any unbelieving agnostic family members or friends, get a copy for them. It will challenge their unbelief. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time.